0: Vox Podcast: the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-hosts Hannah and Monica. How's it going, guys?
1: You you make it sound like I've been here, but I haven't been here. Yeah, you'd say once again,
0: I said uh, again could be any number of weeks. (laughs) It is again, you've been here before, you're back again.
2: (laughs) I went there and back again. (laughs) You know, have yeah, it's mid- midterms, which I feel like when I say that out loud, I'm like, wasn't it just midterms? Is it always midterms? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It,
0: you said that. The, so when we were talking on our chat room, he's like, oh, I'm kind of busy. It's midterms. And I'm like, it's. You're, so, you're on a quarter system in your school, so for me, I just finished grading finals this week. I am on summer vacation officially right now, which is not as exciting as it sounds cause like because I also agreed to teach summer school, so I'm going to be teaching again like in a week and a half, but I'm on summer vacation right now. but you go to school somewhere that has quarters, which I just consider insane. I don't understand how anybody tolerates that, like not just as a teacher but even as a student. I would I, semesters are so much better what
3: <laughs> so I you're midterm?
0: Yeah, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, Not exactly. We're talking about... This is a Hannah idea. Yeah, 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 yeah disappear for a month and then you just come back with a
1: hey episode idea so what are we doing today well can I not tell everyone what we're doing today and since we're technically talking about things in the present moment can I at the top of the hour make an announcement go for it All right, it's not a fun one but the episode (laughs) will be fun so you should stick around so right now Saturday May 6th North Carolina is experiencing a terrible thing I'm not being I'm not like joking like the North Carolina General Assembly has like passed a A twelve-week abortion ban. There's a lot of terrible Mm -hmm. things in the bill. You should read it. You should look it up. Donate to the Carolina Abortion Fund if you can. If you're in North Carolina in particular, contact the Republicans who are part of the General Assembly to push back against this because Governor Cooper is going to veto it. And ask Mm -hmm. those, especially who like campaigned on not attacking like reproductive rights, to keep their campaign promises. So hopefully, like the veto will hold, but it's like up in the air because Uh a lot of complicated North Carolina politics that we're not talking about today but i don't want to get lost in the shuffle because this is something that's super important so we'll link to the carolina abortion fund in the show notes but today in a complete and full opposite of that we're we're doing a summer box office preview because the one thing i've kept up with over the past month (laughs) Is like, what movies can I go see to distract me from the world? And also in our group chat, I've been writing recaps when I've gotten bored about the <laughs> box office game. So here we are. So,
3: so we
0: should do a recap of the box office game just so. So, for the listeners, where we are right now, the box office game, which traditionally... Okay, the game I love playing because I'm the one who obsesses about it and I know that I can be good at it and I thought, I'll win all the time, except for I don't win all the time. Sometimes Katya wins. In fact, Katya, who I'm not sure has ever seen a movie before in her life... Actually, she has. I know (laughs) for a fact she has. But she is just as good at the game as I am and it doesn't make any sense. And then everybody else can be in any random order. But right now, as we speak, Monica, you are... Are in last place in the box office game, followed by me in fourth place, followed by Wayne in third, followed by Katya in second. And then in first place, as we speak, and this might not be true. No, it should still be true by the time this episode airs, unless unless there is a killer Sunday for Guardians of the Galaxy. But by the time this episode drops, Hannah should still be in first place. So congratulations. You are very much. In, and you got to you have a reasonable lead over everyone. But Katya and I'm gaining because I've got Guardians of the Galaxy. So
1: but do you remember what I said when we picked movies this year?
0: You said you were picking movies that you wanted to see.
1: Yeah. And also that I never play to win anymore. So this is. But we should also tell everyone we brought a man on the street to talk about oh. summer movie previews. <laughs> Absolutely.
4: I figured. you'd <laughs> deserve
1: Hey Josh, you sat
0: so quietly and just like waiting for your moment. I I'm impressed.
5: Welcome back, my Josh. will yeah. be back.
0: It's been a while since you've been on. Yeah, so welcome back. So for the listeners who haven't heard, Josh is Hannah's partner. So you've been on many a time, but
1: it's been quite a while.
5: So. friend of the show. Long time friend yes. of the show. <laughs>
1: We'll come on! If we tell him we're talking about Princess Diaries, oh, is was that stable? the last time you were on?
3: There's
2: a coronation, which is kind of like a real life Princess Diaries that we're all less excited about. Let's don't insult no. Anne Hathaway, Julie Andrews, and Chris
1: Pine by comparing them to to the real life 40s. Princess
0: Princess Charles uh, the Third.
4: Yeah. I weird. say
1: this and yet I we binge and sobbed over Queen Charlotte Bridgerton's story last night, so um
2: oh, sure. three episodes in, uh, and I despite the fact that Hannah texted me immediately going, You are going to hate this opening monologue, which yes, did make me want to go deaf and gouge my eyeballs out, I'm Supremely enjoying the rest of the series.
1: Yes.
3: So, I to the it context:
1: yet. it starts with a speech about fashion, and I preemptively texted my Monica, "Oh, you might love this," and I was like, "No." I now hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: well, because context for the listeners is within the talk is about how incredibly painful fashion is of this era, in which they go, "Oh, I'm wearing whalebone, as in the bones of whales, which are incredibly sharp and bony. And and the whole time i'm like whalebone isn't that it's teeth it's like wearing fingernails it's bendy it's supposed to be bendy stop you're doing this just to gaslight all of us like like costume historians with twitter accounts so that we write about it on twitter and then you get free pr for your show like why else would you call it whalebone when it's not ah. yeah yeah no. it works because we're doing it now it works. <laughs> It got me. Uh,
0: so convoluted way of saying. So we're actually talking about the summer box office today. <laughs>
2: I think. More or or less, movies.
1: Wh- what movies. Is- I guess. I guess mm-hmm. we can start with a recap of the box office for some context beyond who's leading, because, like, you know.
0: But it's the. It's- but it's not just, the, it's not the box we are going to just talk about movies. We're excited to see this summer. I've got, I went and put together this morning just because I, you know, and again, not playing against anybody. This isn't as real a game, but I have predicted what I think the American domestic box office will be for the top 10 for the summer. I think I'm, and I basically, I put together a list of what I think the top 10 are going to be purely because I want to see how close I get at the end of the summer. So, you know, you'll be able to play along at home. Hey, oh, you know post a comment on voxpopcast.com about what your pick for the top 10 movies of the summer are and then see if you can beat me that would be exciting so that's so i've got that but i think we're just gonna we're gonna talk about what we're excited to see what we think's gonna do well what we think's gonna be shitty what we think is why are they making that movie is that kind of what we're doing today
1: (laughs) pretty much we're talking about whatever we want but mostly that okay because This is loose. This is like the loosest idea I've had in years, probably. (laughs) And I've had some really like strange filler episode ideas.
3: Okay, so I
0: would say this is officially, yeah. you know, as we speak this weekend as we record, I would say we are officially in summer movie season with the with the release of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, probably the first big movie of the summer. Also Love Again came out, which I did not get a chance to see. Sorry. very cool scratch. I don't believe it was picked for
1: the box office game is that no, correct? Yeah. That
0: is correct and from early buzz it was probably a good call. <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> (laughs) I would say Guardians of the Galaxy volume three certainly fit is the launch of summer movie season today on it was released on May 5th officially though there were previews as far back as Wednesdays on May 3rd so I think as we speak I'm the only one who's seen it and before I say what I thought I'm just curious because Hannah you said you saw mixed reactions about it yeah
1: my yeah my, my Twitter timeline was literally this is the best movie ever and this is the worst movie ever James Gunn tripped at the finish line like how terrible so and also everyone is you know like there's like 20 billion arcs of like our superhero movies over man on the street josh do you want to go see guardians of the galaxy 3 do you have any interest
5: no oh, man i'm good <laughs> really um, i mean the trailer has some cool music i don't feel like crying over whatever they're making me feel in this movie You yeah, know, people will enjoy it i'm sure i'm sure it's i'm sure it's well made
1: but you like the other two yeah but why are you not interested in the yeah. third
5: i don't know i'm just kind of tired of I'm tired of something, I'm not really even sure. There's some, something about superhero movies. Mm-hmm. At the moment, I'm just, it's just another one. Um, so, but it's got to, I'm sure it'll have a good soundtrack.
1: But you want to go see Spider-Man into the, like, 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 the Man into the spider sequel.
5: Yeah, I'm a sucker.
1: <laughs> well, do you can see why we're dating, but maybe he's not the, the voice of the people. I maybe he is. So,
0: okay. Again, I've seen it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna not spoil it on the episode. Though so I will say, the people. So the people who don't like it, I think there are. I think there are two reasons to not like the movie. The first would be you just you want to see the downfall of something, and just contrarian. Oh well, this is more proof that it's over. And I, you know, if you're gonna feel that way, if whatever, it doesn't matter. But like, I think a reasonable criticism. Is if you are, if you enjoyed Guardians One and Guardians Two and that is your idea of what a James Gunn movie is. If you enjoyed Guardians 1, Guardians 2, and his Suicide Squad movie and you're like, okay, I understand what James Gunn does, you might go into this and it is not the same kind of slapsticky fun as those two movies are. It is we're we're joking off air. It is what I would say is a movie movie. (laughs) It's trying to be real. Given the complaints that I have heard Hannah make about other superhero movies and some of the tropes that I know you don't like and some of the things that i know you do like i expect some of the things that are turning people off for this film would specifically be the kinds of things that hannah would like it is very much a movie about friendship and family and you know and i'm saying that knowing that we have to talk about fast x in a little bit but it is very much it is very much a family. oh
3: do we yes yeah,
0: yeah. it's it's very much a movie that is not the formulaic here's how james gunn makes a marvel movie story he is showing that he can write for real it is touching it is the commercials make it look like okay we're going to have a big epic battle we're going to make some jokes and then there's going to be death because and you know probably a sky beam and it's not that's not what this story is this story is about um it everyone has enough chance to breathe there are several main characters that you know not everybody like but like It's this is a story about the relationships, the very, very complicated relationships between all of the core guardians and to a lesser extent, some of their hanger on people. Like you see stuff with Cosmo and Craig Linden, but it's very much about, you know, there are complex, complicated feelings that exist between Nebula, Star Lord, Gamora, Rocket, Brute, Drax, Mantis. They, you know, they've known each other for a while and they all have very complex feelings with each other. And sort of this explores. Why they all love each other or don't. That's what this movie's about. And it's, and it really is about their feelings. And it is the kind of thing that you go and it's like, oh, maybe I'll cry here. It is, it, it's very touching. And I can see how if you're looking for a Skybeam fight and like a fart joke, it's not that. So, so like that. So, like, I understand why. I mean, there's humor in it. I don't mean to say that it's not funny. There are parts where it's funny, but it is not that movie. It is a movie about like, you know, why did Peter love Gamora? Why does Peter love? Love Rocket. Why does Mora love Rocket, or did you know? Because she's dead, you know. But like those sort of things. Yeah, you know, it really is exploring a you know why do these people care about each other, and they talk about it a lot. It's a movie about feeling. so it was weird, and I enjoyed it a lot. Stephanie, who I thought was going to be here today, she enjoyed it a lot. Well, we saw it yesterday.
1: Well, backing it up, Wayne to is March.
0: it right now. Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's why Wayne's on here. But backing it up to March, if you like found family movies, you know mm-hmm. what movie was actually really amazing and like didn't get a lot of like box office payoff. For it,
4: you're gonna say Shazam. Yeah. Like, what movie was No, it
1: Dungeons and Dungeons. <laughs> oh, it's so like, it's real. Like, I, I bullishly like, have been like, this looks like a good movie. And at one point, Mav, I just remember you and Chubby being like, I'm gonna win the box office game this year because this does not look good. But it actually mm-hmm. is like, it didn't make a lot of money, but it does, it is mm-hmm. very good. Mm-hmm. Like, they yeah, use practical effects, they make references to Bridgerton, I feel, because you know, they cast <laughs> the Duke of Hastings, the actor, Richard John Page, and he's really mm-hmm. good. Chris Pine's mm-hmm. in it, Chris Pine likes dickens fun fact
5: this man on the street enjoyed it very much
1: yeah <laughs> like, it's, it's still like, hanging on. Like, 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 yeah. like, like, the Dungeons and Dragons and, like, John Wick 4, and obviously Mario's the first film of the year to reach a billion worldwide, are still, like, mm. hanging on, even though we're turning to the Summer box office. Mm. And Air. No one, none of us picked yeah. Air, though. So, like, whatever. We don't have to talk mm. about Air. But, you know, if you're, like, looking for a movie to go see on Cheap Day before it goes out of theaters because, you know, soon it'll be overrun with all these summer movies really go see Dungeons and Dragons and it's not because I picked it for the box office game it's because it's really good like I wish they would make a sequel yeah not it's, not do. Do
0: well, it's not doing well enough to gonna warrant financially and we might this might be a future episode where we talk about the concept of why box office matters and it's not like people are sort of blaming the superhero thing it's like oh well superhero movies are making less money well they're all making less money superhero movies are making less money than they were but they're still the most successful movies well okay Top Gun barring Top gun Maverick last year. Avatar, Super- Don't
1: forget about that terrible thing. Even though- I would say avatars are special
0: because I don't think Cameron is playing on the same field as everybody else anymore. Like, I think he's just going to do what he's going to do. Like, it's weird. Like, whereas I think that like, I, I like he's not in, it's not about the genre or anything else. It's about the spectacle of James Cameron. And I don't think, I don't think other people can just replicate it. But anyway, this is probably the whole other episode. What is the cinema experience and can the box office exist anymore? Because all of them are making less money and they're going to continue to make less money. And maybe we're just not going to be having, you know, 200 million dollar pictures anymore. And maybe we should, you
1: know, talk about the box and to bring it back to Guardians of the Galaxy and Box Office, Just because a movie is good, which, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy got like an 81 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And like it's a little lower than the other two films, but like it's way higher than say Ant Man Quantum Media.
0: And it's a better movie. This is far better than Ant Man was. Uh- so
1: right now, Box Office Pro says that the studio like is expecting Guardians of the Galaxy to finish with around 110 million, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, and then you know, like that's not as high as some of like other superhero movies. And so, like, I mean, maybe word of mouth will carry it. People thought word of mouth because Dungeons and Dragons was a, both an audience and critical pleaser would carry it. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. I think one thing that could be interesting for us to talk about is like this summer is packed, and whether or not we. We right. all want to go see individual movies or not you just look at the schedule it seems like there's something for everyone right. there there's like big movies coming out against each other there's movies right. that could surprise us but like we might be kind of worried about because they're coming out against something that sounds like big So, like, like you know one question i've like seen people discuss is like will the box office rebound or is it going to no. capitalize itself because like super mario came out right after john wick came out right after Dungeons and Dragons right. and Super Mario made so much money and I think part of the reason why and lots of people think this is not an original idea Dungeons and Dragons kind of suffered is because it was competing against this huge movie that swallowed up the family audience Uh, You Mm -hmm. know, like the generational audience because like everybody knows Mario at this point, like everybody does. It was the bigger IP. And like, I think Mm -hmm. like people underestimated Mario, like um, well,
0: they believed in the people believed in the video game curse as though that were a real thing as though, oh, no, there is a literal curse. No, there's not a literal curse. It's just that there were a bunch of really bad movies. And then you make one that's not really bad. And it turns out it's got a shot to be fair.
1: I think that like this one isn't particularly great from what critics have said but no. it's colorful and fun looking yeah
0: it's it, it doesn't is- have to be critical success I mean it's something that connected with people and it's not just I mean people are comparing it to the first Super Mario Brothers movie and the first Super Mario, Mario Brothers movie was garbage that someone's like hey just go just put some IP on screen and if you do better than that you can do better than that it's what happened with you know with superhero with movies but I also think that we need to recognize that flooding the box off isn't what's going to make it rebound We're going to have all these movies that we're about to talk about. And there's just, you know, we are in a post-COVID world. We are in a world where people have 8K TVs that are good enough to watch something. You know, I mean, you made fun of Avatar, but the reason Avatar matters is because Avatar is a movie that is made to be seen on the biggest screen that you can possibly find to watch it on, right? And the flaw of the previous Ant-Man movie, Quantumania, is it's frankly not good enough to warrant 12 bucks. I'll be honest with it. I mean, I thought it was fine, but the special effects, it looks like something that was filmed on the volume and that they didn't have enough time to finish CGI rendering because that's what happened. And the story is okay, but it's a generic superhero movie that isn't worth you spending. Like I've got an AMC card, so I can go to the movies whenever I want. But like, if you're paying for an individual movie and then paying for parking and everything, I understand why people are like, I'll just wait for Disney Plus, because frankly, it probably looks as good on your television as it did for me watching it on a big screen. It doesn't mean <laughs> well, well, This me.
2: is the transitional point, then, if we are talking about movies that are going head to head, and we are talking mm-hmm. about movies that are very much banking on the idea of visual spectacle, arguably, there's nothing going to be bigger this summer than Barbie and Albenheimer, right? And a, a lot as, of... As a, added, head, as a
0: head-to-head match, yes. You mean... not as, head match,
2: as a... Directors that are very much mm-hmm. relying on familiarity. Oppenheimer is not really an IP thing, but when someone says Atomic Bomb, like you, you know what that is. You, and like, also,
0: Nolan is an IP in and of himself.
2: Exactly. Like, Nolan yeah, is an bra. IP in and of himself. He's the king of needing to do practical effects. So when it talks about things that you want to see on big screens and like really caring about the cinema experience, there's really mm-hmm. Nolan is such a purist, right? And especially when you compare mm-hmm. it to something like Dunkirk, which was. You, is it a movie or is it Tom Hardy in a plane going zoom for forty-five minutes? And do you not? It's a air? movie, movie, Monica. It's, a movie, it's movie a movie, movie, and we should really tell the listeners what I mean by "it's a movie, movie." What so I mean it's is the <laughs> So around the time of the press tour for "Don't Worry, Darling," the ever beautiful, articulate Harry Styles did an interview in which he said, "You know, it's like a movie, movie, a real movie that you go to see at the cinema, movie." And everyone was like, <laughs> "None of those are words."
3: What the fuck are you talking about?
2: What are you talking about? <laughs> they, they are words. And those are, are clearly words. words. <laughs> and clearly, what he meant is that he was really happy to work on something that felt like it had magnitude or was. Capturing some element of classical Hollywood cinema, or, you know, to be fair, Harry Styles has
0: only seen four movies in his life, so he had a very limited selection of
2: (laughs) one of which is the One Direction concert movies. So, you know. We like to give him a pass, but when he says it's a movie movie, what we mean is, is that movie better than Don't Worry Darling. Like, that is the litmus test of, will this be better than Don't Worry Darling? And I do think that Oppenheimer will be because of the Nolanness of it, but Nolan is absolutely banking on the fact that he was like, I'm going to make a nuclear bomb for real. And Barbie is absolutely banking on what feels like it reused the same sets from Don't Worry Darling, but Pinker. <laughs> and so I wanna talk about the head to head of it all because I do so think they're right by the that there's something really interesting And I am, I'm going to say, arguably, kind of the target audience for both of those movies. Like, I am way more excited about Barbie. But also, if Oppenheimer wasn't opening opposite of Barbie, I'd be really excited for Oppenheimer, too. Because I do enjoy Nolan and his Nolan-iness. And I do enjoy period movies full Mm -hmm. of visual spectacle and ungodly amounts of money thrown at production design. So, like, yeah, you kind of have me for both of these movie movies. I'll be in both of them. But I do think both both of these movies are suffering because there is going to be an entire population of couples in which one person really wants to see Barbie and one person really wants to see Oppenheimer. And one of those is going to win. It. I,
0: love, I love how you're choosing to not gender this because in my case, I want to go see Barbie very much. And my wife is going to make me see Oppenheimer. And she's not making me see Oppenheimer. I really want to see Oppenheimer, but like it's supposed to be, you know, you're trying to say there's a boy who wants to see Oppenheimer and a girl who wants to actually you're trying to say, there's a girl who wants to see Barbie and a dad who wants to see Oppenheimer. <laughs>
1: let's ask the man on the street which one he wants to see I'm
5: really excited to see all those 40s fedoras I really want to see Barbie you just want to see
1: Barbie
2: I'm the worst man on the
5: street ever (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for like all the really indie films
1: well you know Brian Gosling has Brian Gosling has gotten Oscar buzz apparently for his role as
2: Ken got (laughs) it I, I, would I really nothing want nothing more you. than Ryan Gosling to win an Oscar for being Ken because Ryan Gosling that would be is amazing. an incredible actor who does not yet have the critical like actual just... award like winning have you seen recognition. His little bit with,
5: have you seen his little like Oscar speech with, is it Russell Crowe where they're making fun of the fact that he doesn't have an Oscar?
2: No, but we all should be making fun of the fact that he doesn't have there's, an
5: Oscar. There's some bit where they're in an award show and they're presenting some award and he, he says, he makes the joke, you know, we have two Oscars between us (laughs) it's pretty
3: funny
1: but I mean I I, I made a prediction when the first Barbie teaser came out and my prediction was it would be up for several Oscars at least it would make a killing at the box office and it would be taught in feminist film courses and for that third one Mav and Monica I am asking you not to let me down
0: Uh, yeah I mean I'll just do it I mean (laughs) it's easy (laughs) I can make it's not out on DVD yet but like I can make that happen next year easily
1: (laughs) yeah but I generally like I think like there's going to be like something very like interesting about the bar not that oppenheimer won't be a good movie i just am like well but barbie though one of these seems like it might be a musical and one of these mm-hmm. does not But if <laughs> oppenheimer turns out to be a musical it could
0: I be will be there i'm going to see both of them and i think monica you'll go see both of them right I eventually
2: absolutely and there is something because i do think it's going to suffer in terms of it's going to it may not Split the overall like gross box office, but the opening weekend box office. Most people do not have the Mav and I endurance of a Barbie Oppenheimer double feature in them, and so they are going to split, and they are going to go to one opening weekend over the other. And so that's I think going to be the more interesting pull rather than when we see the amount that they both make, because I do, and I will say I do think that Barbie is ultimately going to overtake the box office in terms of more money. I think oh, it's
0: going to open bigger too. I think I Oppenheimer is going to, I think it should, I mean, I understand who I get, who I, Chris Nolan, if you're listening, and I know you are, I'm with you. I understand. I have so much reverence for Chris Nolan and like his belief that he was going to just beat COVID with tenant, like Bravo for your gumption, you know, but I don't think you can fight this train. I want Oppenheimer to succeed and Oppenheimer and Barbie are both scheduled to release on July 21st. There is no nationwide release scheduled for July 14th. July 12th earlier is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning and I don't think you want to be in front of that train either but I do not think that like, like what I think you should do, just sneak in just get just sneak in and take, and take that window or move to July 28th and just beat the the <laughs> cat fuck out of haunted mansion cuz <laughs> cuz i want oppenheimer to succeed i really do and i like i don't think i don't think playing chicken with the barbie is the right call here i like i think that you can do this and i we'll see i mean i hope i'm wrong i'm hope i hope they both make money but i just don't want this movie to get lost in the shuffle and i feel like it's going to be
1: well I mean, I, a, I mean a lot I of like like things get lost a in the shuffle or mm-hmm. like might or like they might pull a move where like they're never top of the box office but they leg out and mm-hmm. by leg out. I mean, they like make they play a forever. Lot of money, yeah. like Prison Boots, The Wish did, but like mm-hmm. they don't ever become like number one because something big like Avatar. Famous is one is the,
0: one. the famous one is the PT Barnum movie, The Greatest Showman. Yeah, The Greatest Showman. Never it was never number one. It was like number three at the box office for like twenty straight weeks or something. It was just like like every other movie just came and went, and it was like oh, Greatest Showman still in the top, and then name was like wait a minute. G- the Greatest Showman has somehow made a zillion dollars when no one's looking because it just played forever, always being perpetually being like number three. So
1: But like, I mean, as to, like, I don't have a list anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't have a list anymore. And, uh, you know, we're just going to have to choose which movies we're going to go see, like, because it's somewhere between 15 and something dollars for us to go see a movie as a couple. So really? like you that's
3: know che- that's
0: cheaper than I. Thought. I thought, of like, you? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah,
1: well, if we go to matinees,
0: So yes, yeah. the cheapest you're saying. Okay, you're not saying on average. You're saying the best you can do is as, as a couple you can go for fifteen bucks. Not, you're it, not you're saying that's your, LA,
2: My matinee right is like seventeen dollars. That is my cheapest. Right, you live in L.A. That's, that's, a that's single, yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, I want yeah, I want to yeah, be clear. No. I know that like we live in North Carolina. There go we have cheaper prices, and therefore we. And we also have like, unlike my sister who lives in a town in Alabama with one theater Mm -hmm. that is not super great, but they can charge $10 for like a matinee or something. Mm Because it's the only game in town, mm-hmm. we have a lot of theater choice in Durham and the surrounding area, so we can shop around. But we go to this one theater, AMC. They have mm-hmm. their air filtration system. Still wear our masks. No one goes there a lot of the time, especially during matinees. It's like what six bucks, maybe six I think? seven six six, $6. fifty seven for a matinee movie ticket. And then we just sit in the non fancy seats in the non fancy theater. And sometimes we get lucky and we get the theater right next to like the restroom. So like if I have to go. I can just, like, run out and, like, run back and barely miss a beat. It's a good
2: setup, I think.
5: Yeah, sometimes you get, like, the biggest theater there. There's no one there. I just,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to announce to the listeners that the last time I paid $7 for a movie ticket, I was probably 16. Like, yeah. that is...
3: <laughs> you,
2: yeah, nobody, nobody nobody's can, making you nobody live in L.A. In LA.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the, no, A price is similar I, here. Now, I
2: canceled my A-list, which does mean that I am being significantly more selective about my movies than I used to be, because now oh. I am paying 17 to $25 per ticket oh plus parking. Yeah, Because everything in our nah, life nev- working? Right,
0: I will never AMC no, A, a AMCA list forever. It is literally like I, w- I will find something to watch.
1: <laughs> yeah, we just uh, like it turns out working a nine to five is really hard. Yeah, no, no, I get it. Be-
0: that's the other. That's the other thing. Like I'm a teacher, and on days where I'm not teaching, if I want to take a break from grading and just go watch a movie, I just can. <laughs> so, so like, a, so A list is built for me. I mean, again, I'm also the kind of guy we've talked about this before. Uh, all three of us have that, you know, I am absolutely partially responsible for putting MoviePass out of business. 'Cause they're like you, you can know. go to a movie. You can go to as many movies as you want. Okay. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Just go to every movie.
3: It's the summer sure. of our lives.
1: But <laughs> but my thought is, you know, things like Book Club the next chapter, I actually like kind of think it's an important movie to have. Like I wasn't on that episode about, mm-hmm. you know, all people. Up, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But like I actually have watched Book Club and like, you know, I really think it's important to have these movies and especially like since like there's been like This kind of growing narrative by some people politically saying, like, oh, you know, once you reach a certain age, like your life is over and it doesn't matter anymore. These movies are directly countering that and are super political.
0: And also, I mean, like, Jane Fonda absolutely can still get it. Like, there's nothing,
1: the real person. And yeah, Jane real part, real yeah. is also deeply political and radical <laughs> yeah. and amazing and i think like that is like i think it's like literally like part of the reason why she's doing this but like book club next chapter like i as important as i think it is i'm not spending money to go see that right. when i could go see the little mermaid because i'm one of those people who like kind of mm-hmm. hates disney remakes but also is intrigued by this one because it was like the first like, disney vhs my parents owned and it's like one of the early movies i've ever seen and also like spider-man and most importantly indiana jones and the dial of destiny or something like elemental which is like the pixar movie people have mm-hmm. been overlooking but like mm-hmm. i i've heard good things about the previews from critics that it's like who's have seen it so far and i'm like i'm really excited about it i know that pixar like has been untested in theaters since march 2020 mm-hmm. when onward was in theaters as covid shut down like i think there's an episode of the for, podcast
0: it's not like week yeah
1: there's yeah an you're like this podcast <laughs> And I was like, go see onward, but actually maybe not.
0: Well, no, I, I believe that the first time you were like everybody go see Onward it was really great and then the next week you're like no don't go because you know death <laughs> it
1: was like literally you
0: saw it right before lockdown I remember that
1: <laughs> um, can we well, yeah. can, I
0: get, can I give the May preview and just see what you guys think Cause, so alright so here are the movies for May summer box office Guardians of the Galaxy already out Guardians of the Galaxy volume 3 and Love Again both came out May 5th for the 12th we've got book club next chapter and Raleigh road racers and a movie called Blackberry and a movie called Hypnotic and The Starling Girl. A lot of stuff scheduled for May 12th and then May 19th belongs to Fast X. Nothing else is launching against it. It's literally, I think everybody everything is launching on May 12th so as to avoid launching on May 19th. May 26th is about my father and The Little Mermaid and The Machine and a movie called You Hurt My Feelings and that's the rest of May. So Hannah, you just said you're looking forward to Little Mermaid. I assume you're going to find a date somewhere like next to you right now. (laughs) Josh, are you going to go to Little Marina soon?
3: No, I'd go see that.
1: <laughs> is it only for me, or is it like you kind of are interested? You know,
5: I'm kind of tired. As man on the street, I'm kind of tired of these Disney live action reboots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I watched the original; it holds up. I'm now a little nostalgic. I want to see what new twist they put on it.
1: Yeah. So whenever I'm sick from work, I put on '90s Disney movies, and hence mm-hmm. Josh gets ripped into being nostalgic, but I don't Aztecs. think there's gonna be a
5: twist. I don't think there's gonna be a twist
0: from I think it's gonna be she's black, and I don't, and I don't think they're gonna really make a big production deal of it. I think they'll toss in one original song in order to be able to get the soundtrack not track nominated um for an Oscar yeah. if, if it happens to make some money and. And I think that's how much works for it. And I am there. I will see Little Mermaid because fun fact, I am bad at picking favorites. I always say that I'm really bad at picking, doing top 10 lists and picking favorites. I am traditionally bad at it. Little Mermaid is my favorite Disney movie. It is, it has been forever, and so I will go see it if only to have my childhood robbed of me. But no, I don't think it is. I think it looks. I mean, she looks great, I guess, and you know, she can sing.
1: They they released part of Your World on YouTube, and it's really good. Like she has a great. Yeah, she can
0: sing. Yeah, and it's one of those weird things where I don't know what success is, right? Because I don't think they can make a better movie than what's already my favorite Disney movie, and any changes they make can. only make it worse? To me, like you're striving to just be the thing that I already love. Like right? that's the best you can do. So I don't know what a winning condition is, but I also really want to see it. So
1: I mean, there's a little more character development for some of the I mean, I don't know if you need it. Yeah. As, things, it's a really good movie. But there, there's a yeah. little more character development that could be added. And they also, I do know this, they are changing the lyrics to some of the songs to make consent more centered. Because like there there are some and I mean, I don't think we should cancel Little Mermaid. I don't want anyone to say that. We should. Like there, there are some like lyrics from like Four Unfortunate Souls in particular Mm -hmm. that's like, oh, I did not notice that as a child where Ursula's talking about like men don't like a lot of blather, you know.
0: I will recommend season two of the podcast Disney Animation Men and Essentials, which has guest stars of both Hannah and I on it from our friends Andrew and Kasper Dorowski, who have gone through painstakingly and analyzed that film. It, yes, there are issues. There are things that I mean, as any art should be. It is an encapsulation of its time that it was written. Monica, are you looking forward to this thing at all, or no? Did you? You haven't said um, anything. Are you going to see it, or you're like no?
2: <laughs> I heard you say something that's happening the week before, and I need you to know that. Yes, I will am...
0: we'll go there.
4: <laughs> yeah, we will.
2: And I blacked out on anything else because.
1: Nothing else matters. <laughs> so, so, so so let's go back to Fast Ten, I guess. Mm. Nothing yes.
2: else matters but family, guys, and cars go
5: boom
1: You're not going to get me to watch these movies.
5: I've tried to so see them.
1: Times. They're you. They're good. No, they're, they're not. Uh, you know, bad. I've never fucking seen them. I've, seen, of I've seen the first two, and I did not
0: no, enjoy them. That the first two are not Fast and Furious movies. No, they're
3: That's not. The, problem. They're
0: the worst. That's a, well, that is a, well, they're not the worst. They're just Okay, no. Okay, I should take that back. Two is the
5: worst. Two is yeah, bad. Two bad. is a bad movie.
0: Right. I told
5: you going in. You just have to start go through with it to five. The story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or you just start with number five. Like you just like you have somebody recap the first four for you, and they vaguely matter. Can, it's like you can skip it, Tokyo Drift. no, no, yeah. No. No. We do not. Skip no, no, Tokyo no. Drift. We're trying to get her. We're trying to get her to watch them at all, Monica. <laughs> like like <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I don't think you should skip Tokyo Drift. I don't think you should. Too. I like it. Like I it's, would it's argue a that Tokyo Drift outlier. is
2: essential viewing. So I have set up what I think is the ideal <laughs> viewing party okay. for people who have not ever watched a Fast and Furious movie. By which I mean my partner Hannah. Lindsay and the friends that I will also be dragging to see Fast and Furious with me. And so now this is applicable to Hannah as well. But I have decided. Oh. Oh, are you gonna do?
3: The, so are,
0: wait, are you, you gonna do a marathon? Do we all need yes. to fly to LA? To, I am doing a
2: pre Fast and Furious marathon. Hopefully, I don't know how willing or able I will be to get people as excited as okay. I am about this. But I think that the ideal viewing would be five, six, three, nine, ten.
0: Five, six, three, nine. Okay. Okay. Five, six, three, because three three chronologically fits there, yes. okay, nine. Ten. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I do think I, you need
2: nine to know what's going on in ten, but I don't think that you can fully appreciate oh. nine unless you have seen five and six, and then I do think that Tokyo Drift is my favorite, and I think for you to really fully appreciate five, six, nine, you need the chronology of Han of three, and then I think for you to fully appreciate ten and the fact that I'm getting Gal Gadot back, and the relation between Gal Gadot and Han, I need five, six, Nine. So, that, so yes. Okay. And five, that's where six, I'll agree. Three, nine, ten are the ideal I, and minimum amount. I, and if you I need understand everything you're one,
5: saying, and Hannah did not. If do if I, you need to yeah, cut I, one. Yeah, you can yes. three,
2: but you point, need point, five, six, yes. nine in order to go see ten.
0: I mean, having none of us having seen ten, I expect you are correct in that I expect five, six, nine are the ones that you need in order to understand the plot such that it will be of part ten. Like, it's I agree with you there. Movie, I you think
2: Pop in and be like, okay, it doesn't matter that these things don't chronologically make sense. Like, right. Fast and Furious is one where you need to be indoctrinated as possible to really be a part of the family to really understand. Yeah, the yeah.
0: I mean, I, I see that. I think that my criticism of the order isn't that Monica's wrong, it's that if we're trying to say, Hannahs if we're trying to get an audience who is i don't know what do you call it in court josh with the witnesses uh, hostile is that right a hostile witness yeah yeah sure. yeah, yeah. if you have if a you've got a hostile
3: witness if you've
0: got a I, I do yeah. trial work yeah, you know, I know
5: yeah I do. if you're
0: if, yeah if you've got a hostile witness she doesn't want to see it at all i don't think you can start with 3 cuz then you're going to go 310 and you're going to be like where do all those people go it's just that one guy who died (laughs) you know like i understand so that's my thought with it but i think that you can get i agree with you that understanding the story of han requires three but i think that if you're just trying to get somebody to just invest in the world i think that's the one that you skip and oh god i mean it hurts to skip seven but i understand why you said that so yeah five six nine ten that makes
5: sense monica where does hobbs and shaw fit into all of this (laughs)
2: Yeah, some Is that
5: a central view? Oh no.
2: Somewhere somewhere next to Fast View. <laughs> <No. too>. Like <laughs> This
5: is a spin-off movie, Hannah. It
2: is a spin-off movie <laughs> that has basically no cars in it at all. And in which someone po- tries oh, to make no- me believe that Princess Margaret from The Crown would ever want to be in the same room with The Rock ever. That's the plot of the whole movie.
0: And it's about family, but not one that I recognize. No. <laughs> it's like, hey. Other people have family, too. I don't want to know that.
2: No, and <laughs> it's, to that... be honest, it's an incredibly, despite having watched, you know, 10 movies of very queer family, Hobbs and Shaw is very heteronormative family that I'm not interested in.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh God, the family dynamics of the actual, the mainstream Fast franchise is so gay. and I'm And I know that, like, There's probably a lot of dude bros who watch and go, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, it is. is." (laughs) I mean, and frankly, like literally he's been dead for years and all of these movies are just like to this day are just about how much Vin Diesel really loves Paul Walker. That's what these movies are about. Just like I miss my boyfriend. That's what these movies are about. And like everybody else, like the relationship between Luda and Tyrese, the relationship between Letty and Mia, these movies are very gay.
2: <laughs> no one is, yeah, no one is actually paired up with the person that they are paired up with. Everything is right. sexual is like a miscast of a pairing and then you're just watching the sexual tension of the people that they're supposed (laughs) to be with the entire time Mm -hmm. which is to say that this is the thing that is going to put me on the box office map this is my top gun maverick until oppenheimer comes out this is (laughs) where i put all of my money minus dune which we can't do as part of our summer box office preview because it's our full box office yeah Mm-hmm. which is ridiculous well, because I guess we to it it's, a- it's a beach no, movie true. about sandworms and you can't tell me that's not supposed to be part of your summer box office
1: <laughs> i mean if i wanted to go to the theater to take a nap june 2 is the movie i would
0: <laughs> oh wow okay june Second, we have The Boogeyman, which everyone's waiting for. And then this fledgling little indie film trying to conquer the Boogeyman called Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Those both released on the second. June 9th, we have Strays and Transformers Rise of the Beasts june 16th we have the blackening the flash and on the 19th we've got elemental on the 23rd we've got asteroid city and no hard feelings and then on june 30th we've got indiana jones and the dial of destiny and rudy gilman teenage kraken those are all the june movies well i don't know everybody's excited to see boogeyman right boogeyman a movie
1: A movie we did not pick. No one picked for our game. Uh, and
0: and also, they're, like the fact that they are launching it against Spider-Verse just means that this is a movie that no one has faith in. This is a movie that is expected to fail. There's no other way. June 2nd well, is across the Spider-Verse.
1: Well, actually, Box Office Pro is doing like some like future projections. Yeah,
0: I
4: saw. And it's
1: not opening super high, but it's currently being projected to finish somewhere between sixty-one and hundred and two million, which I think is more so than ambitious. some that's other I mean that yeah. might not happen. Like like is that, that more yes. than Shazam Yes. Anecdotally speaking.
0: Yes, it's higher than Shazam. But I also think that's I think that's so ambitious. And it would be and that would be a success because it is a far cheaper movie than Shazam like that would be great if boogeyman makes 100 million that's amazing if it makes 60 million it's fine as far as like a return in, on investment but I think that's ambitious I really do for this summer we'll see but that's not what anybody I mean Hannah do you really want to talk about boogeyman I assume
1: to do
0: a fast X style rant right now about uh, the movie coming out uh, against boogeyman on June 2nd
1: I mean spider-man across spider verse the spider-man into the spider verse was amazing like it's so good and we recently watched it and it holds up really well like sobbing all the time Mm -hmm. but like in a nice way like it's Mm -hmm. not you know three hours of grief. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse like was a revolutionary animated movie and like across the Spider-Verse is like one I'm gonna break a record for like the length of an animated movie that's like being released on this magnitude too. Like I, I mean, there's with the exception of the Andrew Garfield movies, which like are not as bad as many superhero movies. Like Spider Man like, never has really been like a disappointment franchise there have been some missteps i won't say that things are perfect i'm looking at you spider-man 3 but there's some good mm-hmm. elements in there and so like, with
0: Spider-Man 3 was with a financial yeah. success by far got
1: a yeah. musical Spider- Sp- yes <laughs> it does so spider-man into the spider-verse like was so meaningful to so many people it's really good and the sequel's taken a little while and so my bet on this when i picked it for the box office game wasn't because i thought it would be like the most money maker superhero movie of the year Still up in the air on what that's gonna be, quite frankly. I have no idea. But and I don't think it will be. But what I'm banking mm-hmm. on is that I will enjoy it because it's all about me. I am the Spider fan. I am the Spider-Man fan on the street. And also <laughs> I also think that like traditionally Spider-Man movies have like done well critically. Man on the Street, Josh, are you coming with me to see Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Are you excited?
5: I absolutely I defer to you and all things Spider-Man, and I'm excited. <laughs> <if> you're excited. <laughs>
1: I hope people enjoy this glimpse into my relationship. the arguments. So yeah, so what I'm saying is I think like this will be like good and I, I certainly think if nothing else it will make far more money than its predecessor because Yes. The, so, the, yeah. I think uh, the predecessor too is like kind of like a movie that snuck up on us. Like I think we were doing the box office game and none of us even knew it was coming out when we were picking no, stuff. No, we did.
0: I think or, if I remember correctly, we were like, "Really?" Uh. <laughs> like I like I don't think any of us had any faith in it. It was just like, "Oh, they're really cuz it was one of those things where we were like, if I remember correctly, and somebody can go back and listen to the tape cuz I probably won't edit this out. I think what happened was everybody was like, "Oh, they're really gonna. Sony is really trying to make the Spider-Man thing happen, aren't they? You know, they just really want a piece of that that Marvel pie. They're really gonna." And it's like, if,
1: like I don't even think like, or if we did, yeah, maybe we just didn't even like realize like what it was going to be. Like I wasn't, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I think that like it'll be an interesting June to like sort of take this conversation wider because like the Spider-Man is going to be a big animated hit, and then like it's just gonna make money. Like
3: yes. It's going to be fun. It's going to make money. money. It's going to be fun.
1: Elemental, I'm curious about how Elemental is going to do because traditionally Pixar has made money. And what I was talking about before about like some movies, like, you know, not necessarily like sitting at number one on the box office, but just making a ton of money over the summer. Something like, I think Inside Out, if I'm not mistaken, has done that. Like Yes. Not that I should mention Inside Out around Josh. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> yeah.
3: Formative <laughs> movie.
1: Yeah. And then there's Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, which I actually did not know was coming out when we did Summer Box Office. I don't know if I missed it or what, but this is like a new DreamWorks film, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And It looks
0: cute, but I think it's a crowded summer. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so my but also part of me is like, why are you releasing this in June? With and also, I've seen very little marketing
0: in June. The same day as Indiana Jones Five.
1: <laughs> yes, because like you know, Indiana Jones is like Mario and sort of in the sense that it's intergenerational. Like mm-hmm. all the Mar- all the Indiana Jones movies have made like a billion dollars. I would argue so like,
2: intergenerational when we talk about something like Indiana Jones versus. Mario like we are definitely getting to a point where like we gotta say it Harrison Ford is old and Indiana Jones are Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those old movies that my parents made me (laughs) sit through because that's what they were when I watched them. And so now, when we talk yeah. about contemporary audiences, I think that we, Indiana Jones is now much closer to an old people still fuck movie than an intergenerational, we can connect over our love of Mario movie. And I think she that is to do with
4: to have a the
2: time of business.
4: That kind of knows the, crystals, the oh, animation my... that
2: you can make Mario look yeah. new. Nobody really wants <laughs> us to de-age Harrison Ford, Irishman. No, or we want him in style. <laughs> I, I, I think we do up there. And I think that there is something to be said for that genre of like action movies that are like not only do old people still fuck, but like old people still shoot each other, and they can be action <laughs> stars. And like yeah. Stallone is going to keep punching people till he serious. dies, and otherwise he lives on ice. <laughs> But like, there is something about, I don't know that Indiana Jones has the pull that it used to. And I think yeah, that the I think box that- office for Indiana Jones is going to be a lot less than they are banked on. Mm.
5: Anna, know, what do you have to say in rebuttal? <laughs>
1: well, I think that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was an old people still do yes. it
2: movie. It's true because Shia LaBeouf and- is literally supposed to be his kid because he's mm-hmm. still got it. Oh, yeah.
0: I think Indiana Jones is going to be fine. I think it's going to be
5: it's going to be a real weird June. It really is. <laughs> is so I mean
1: are you excited about Indiana Jones yeah
5: I'm man on the street I am excited I like the new poster that came out a few weeks ago
3: very mm-hmm. you know
5: cool art design you know got me excited about this for the first time and we'll see we'll see how it does for me I think the if anybody is going to do
0: the aging we're not doing Martin Scorsese de-aging we're doing Disney de-aging and Disney hired the guy who did deep fake loot to do better deep fakes and I think there's enough Harrison Ford footage in the Disney version Vault to you know the well the Lucasfilm Vault, but which is which now exists at Disney. That I think they're going to be fine, and we're going to have. I do think I want to see young Harrison Ford one last time, and I want to see old Harrison Ford one last time. And I think in a you know, preview of a future episode, perhaps but I think Harrison Ford brings an audience of Yellowstone fans with him because he stars in 1923, the Yellowstones. <laughs> I think this movie is going to do really well. Yeah. Mab, I think this arguably do great.
2: 1923, the Yellowstone series is an old people still fuck series. So I think that we are still know, targeting I, the book club audience that is here for daddy, professor to, Harrison I
0: think, Ford. I think it's going to, I mean, there was a massive standing ovation at star Wars celebration, which they announced all the Indiana Jones stuff for, because even though it's not a star Wars movie, they know where their bread is buttered. I think it's going to be fine. We'll see. It's going to be and interesting.
1: Disney's confident about what, I mean, again, good films don't always equal box office success, but Disney's confident yes. about it because they're releasing it early and the a, a, a premiering at con, I think. So, mm-hmm. So you know that's something. I mean, I mean, you know, I personally would have been like Top Gun Maverick. Who cares about this dad movie? But Ugh. clearly, I was wrong last year.
0: I'm still bitter about losing that one. Top Gun, me. I knew it was going to be. I didn't think it was going to be as well as it do as well as it did. That was a phenomenal. But you know, at least financially, you know. But
1: well, I want to hit well, the rest I,
3: of June real quick, just because yeah, it's I, just.
1: Can we talk about? Yeah. Can we talk about R-rated comedies? Because two are happening, which is No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence and Strays, Mm -hmm. which is about dogs that want to get roof in you on a abusive dog owner
0: yes Uh, i am very much looking forward to no hard feelings strays i uh, strays so this is the thing we were talking about earlier i saw the commercial for strays and i was like that's cute i guess i'm i mean i might go see in the theaters because it's in the summer and like maybe i'll just want to go sit in a public place and air conditioning and I've got an A-list card so I can go do that for free. I don't see anybody I don't understand why Strays is a movie that's on the big screen. I don't understand why this isn't direct to Hulu or Disney Plus or Paramount Plus or something like that's the and I think that's what we were talking about before. I think it's a miscalculation to release this theatrically. I think people are going to look at it as oh that was an abysmal failure and it will probably actually be funny and then like because of the marketplace being what it is you know it's coming out June 9th you're releasing this against the Transformers movie. Not that Transformers movies have been good. Bumblebee was actually good, but not that most Transformers movies are good, but that like, it's just going to suck all the air out of the room. You're sandwiching this between after Spider-Man against Transformers. Go ahead.
1: Transformers, to be fair, at the domestic Mm -hmm. box office, still makes money, yes, but like Mm -hmm. much less money than say, if we were doing worldwide boxes with something like China Nixon. Totally. (laughs) So like, you know, I think that like, Trays, I'm not sure if they calculate correctly as said, but like Trays is probably hoping for a different audience. It's the and week maybe- after
0: Spider-Man and the week before Flash. And, uh- and man on no the street the money.
1: Transformers?
5: I'm sorry, do you want to go see Transformers? I have a soft spot
0: for Beast Wars as a child. Beast Wars. And that's why I wanted to bring it up. So I do think, I think Beast Wars is and it's interesting because, you know, you talk about the man on the street. I'm a little too old except that my roommate in college loved Transformers. Or two of them. I had two college roommates who loved Transformers. So I saw Beast Wars in college and Josh is exactly the right age so that it would have been a formative show for you as a young boy. And it was very much like the Beast Wars show was very much a boy show. It was even more so than the original Transformers. Right. Yeah, even more so than the original Transformers cartoons. I think that Beast Wars, as a concept, is hey, you know, hey, millennial young man, you know, you look like a young man who might have a little bit of disposable income right now. Why won't you come see this movie about your childhood? And I think that literally the target audience for for a Beast Wars film is exactly Josh. Like I can't see any other way to like it's. I mean, an <laughs> algorithm pick this to say, Josh, would you like to
5: spend 15 bucks? You're really selling this to Hannah. You're really excited. (laughs) You you
1: know, I'm just thinking, I didn't know this about you. I guess the mystery isn't dead after almost 10 years. This is how
5: we're going to connect this summer. we're going to learn more about it. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, if you've never seen the Beast Wars show, Josh, have you watched it as an adult? Or only as a kid? Oh, I have not in years. Okay,
0: it's it is a show. It it is a rudimentary
1: The kind of show you watch. Yes. Well, no. It's it's,
0: okay. So rudimentary CGI. Like the graphics look really dated at this point, right? Yeah. But it's a cartoon about existential philosophy, and I'm wondering if Josh even remembers this. There, like the plot of Transformers: Beast Wars is very much about, hey, if we know the future, can there be free will and if there is no free will what is the meaning of life? And it goes deep and hard into this weird, like existential philosophy stuff that can't possibly have been made sense to these seven-year-olds they were targeting. Remember that I mean, if there
5: <laughs> was that's... a Velociraptor, and you didn't know one way could he was a good guy or a bad guy. Yes, and I was, yeah, I was really deep. DinoBot was scared of
0: <laughs> Yes, okay, yeah, because yeah, there's a major plot point in that original cartoon where DinoBot is contemplating suicide because if the future is set in stone, then there is no free will, and what is even the point of life? And this is an ongoing plot line inside of Beast Wars that I remember watching going, how the fuck is this a show for seven-year-olds?
1: <laughs> well, I guess this no. might explain a lot about you as a person.
5: really just absorb that as a child. and uh, Stay <laughs> with me, I'll be here.
2: Maybe it's for the children, yeah, who everyone says are really mature for their age.
5: <laughs> but you know, if I don't like it, I'll leave, go down the hall, I'll watch Crazy.
0: So, okay. So those are coming out the same day. The one that I want to see, and I'm not a big horror movie fan, but The Blackening comes out the 16th. Mm -hmm. Blackening is a horror film about a bunch of black people on like a camping trip when the Michael Myers, Jason-esque serial killer shows up and they know there are black people and in a situation like this, by all rights, all of them should die first, but they can't all die first. So how do we reconcile this? That's the movie. (laughs) We're all African-Americans. We should all be dying first, but that can't happen. So let's figure this out. And I am interested in the postmodernity of it. And I really want to see the critical commentary that happens when you make this film. So. I don't think this is going to do well, but I'm going to be seeing that probably alone because it's going to be lost in the shuffle. Because it's coming out June 16th, opposite the Flash, which I think is going to make a bajillion dollars. Ezra Miller, be damned.
1: I, I don't know. I really don't know about that one. I like. I mean, I think it will make some money. I can't decide. I mean, I don't think Ezra Miller will be the reason it doesn't make money, but like, I can't decide. How, like, like, there's no like serious tracking on it yet, as far as I can tell. So I can't figure out who actually cares about this beyond the people who really want Ezra Miller held accountable and therefore will not see the film or the people who hate superhero films now and therefore don't want to see the film or the people who are very excited about Michael Keaton mm-hmm. and the flash. And yeah, so I just, I can't, I don't, and someone on Reddit wrote something like this movie will either make $70 million or $700 million. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it, does,
2: yeah, it that's does how I feel. feel a bit like, because there's just been so much behind the scenes and pushing a bit of a Black Widow situation, right? Like a movie that people were really excited about when it was first announced, and then the
3: and then Ezra Miller happens,
2: <laughs> yeah. I, in the like people were so excited about black widow i remember i was at san diego comic-con that year when it was first announced and i remember everyone getting like the really fancy swag bags and like that was the thing that you like waited in line at all H all day to learn about and see the trailer and then COVID happened and then it gets dumped on streaming and despite honestly in my opinion being like one of my favorite marvel movies it just didn't do well financially speaking because it was basically released two years later later than it should have been right and i think that there's something yeah, it was like in our like very post like <laughs> post-modern culture that like we're already on to the next thing and the fact that warner brothers has already said like oh you know all of these dc movies that we were trying to build up like they don't matter anymore we've thrown them all in the garbage we're starting all over again something about like the flash like does feel like an afterthought of like now it's outdated mm-hmm. and people know that it's outdated or the way that morbius yep. was re-edited so many times that then it just Mm -hmm. was like an like incomprehensible movie because it was outdated right like and I'm not saying that Morbius was good but maybe it could have been better had it been released on time and not edited (laughs) to shit so that it was an entirely different out of date movie maybe we'll never know I mean so I do think that there is something about the flash where like this movie is old news and I don't think that is going to bode well Mm -hmm. I think that Snyder Bros will remain Snyder Bros until they die that's why they are Snyder Bros that is literally mm-hmm. the personality trait mm-hmm. and so like he is going to make mm-hmm. absolutely a predictable amount of money and then
0: i think everything it. that you've said is correct and i still think this movie is going to make 700 million dollars <laughs> yeah
1: i mean like i mean the sh- like shazam is not the flash like ever um, right. as a character but shazam was supposed to make more like it could even get to 16 million dollars at the domestic box like yeah. it was projected to make way more like people really liked the first movie. Like People
2: were shocked how much they liked the first movie.
5: Mm-hmm. Man on the street, I was I shocked. I think
2: that's another one where they yeah. waited too long between the first one and the second one yeah. because... That first one came out.
3: The kids in are grown.
2: Twenty eighteen, <laughs> and then we had to wait until twenty twenty three, and again, pandemic happened. But I just don't think that you can wait that long mm-hmm. in between with superhero movies specifically for sequels. So you really need to. Well, only I think you can get away with like superhero three years movies max.
0: about. You. It has, a, but also Shazam has the Stranger Things problem, right? It's superhero movies about kids who were supposed to be cute kids, and they visibly aged yeah well yeah they like the kid who played young billy batson looks like a grown man he looks like and, and like he's like oh you're an adult now and you're an adult who doesn't look like zachary levi and this is weird and as opposed i don't think that's
1: the reason no one saw the no, i don't think so no, but i'm just like saying it's people, working against me. yeah
0: yeah i think it is i think it is i think there's a lot to what i think that everything that you guys say to be hesitant about flash is correct and i still think so spoilers for when I give my list at the end. I think it's gonna be the biggest box office hit of the summer. I no. really do.
1: Like now on the street, do you want to see the flash at all?
0: Nah.
1: All right. So, so I mean too you, little too
5: late.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I'll see it because I see everything, but like uh but I agree that it's gonna be problematic. It is it, part of it's the Snyder Bros, part of it's the love of of Keaton, part of it is I think people just wanna see what they do and also. I mean, the buzz of the people who got to see it early has been pretty good. And granted, that's a, that's, that is a audience of, so it premiered at the theater owners association. NATO is what it's called national association of theater owners, which is not the NATO that everybody knows that, but it premiered at NATO and buzz was pretty good. I think this is an all your eggs in one basket. thing. I mean, this is the movie that David Zaslov is mortgaging the company on. Like, which, basically.
2: And when well, we talk about is, timeline and things, crazy. right? Like, that's the other thing that's really crazy yeah. for me is when we think about Ezra Miller introduced as the Flash in the original Justice League, Batman v Superman. Batman mm-hmm. v. Superman. Like, no, we, we're ask. talking mm-hmm. like basically a decade. <laughs> and we're talking about the fact that we only got a Snyder cut because covid happened and we could afford to pay mm-hmm. editors in a little isolated room by themselves right like that is the only well, reason no, that he did it, himself. Yeah,
3: the, it wasn't editors yeah, it was exactly Snyder, I but it just felt like
2: the <laughs> yeah. only reason yeah. that the fan campaign for a Snyder cut yeah. worked was because Warner Brothers was like yeah we can't make anything else were desperate have at it. Right. And when you talk mm-hmm. about, like, introducing right. like a character to then them getting a solo movie and it being that long of a timeline, like, Justice League came out years before we got a Snyder Cut, and the Snyder Cut came out during the pandemic, mm-hmm. which, before we started recording the show, talked about how that has been four years now. Like, And that's what I mean of, like, this mm-hmm. being a movie that no one has asked for and is completely out of date, is, like, I just feel like, Mav, your prediction is... Is so aggressive. So aggressive. It's not, it's <laughs> not <laughs> not we have like, another number. Batman.
1: Like, yeah. I mean, how
2: many Batmans removed is
1: Michael Keaton at this point? Like, three? Five. Like, four? Yeah. Five. Five it have been five since Keaton. Yeah,
3: five. okay. It was, yeah, <laughs> like, okay. I, it, not, was my, in ninety. I'm not
0: saying I. Yeah, I, it's not, I'm not saying I want it to be the movie of the summer. I'm just like that's my prediction. <laughs> I
1: mean, I respect I guess, the like. It's like you're making a prediction. Like Katya doubled down. With Winnie the yeah. Blood and Honey is her number one pick.
0: Like, I don't think
4: it's
3: that bad. Legend. Legend. <laughs>
1: uh,
3: Okay, so I love you, Capia. I'm not making
1: fun of you, I swear. Okay.
3: Next I have fun about choice. Okay.
0: Next week after the flash is elemental, we've already talked about I
1: elemental is
0: I'm curious it looks interesting to me I saw the full trailer this weekend at Guardians of the Galaxy it looks really adorable it looks really good the thing that's going to stand in the way of elemental is frankly is Disney willing to put the marketing behind it to make it work right and I think that we've got a better shot at that happening with Iger than we had with Chapek the, the, uh,
1: Strange World yes right
0: treated and Chapek treated Pixar like it was a complete afterthought and that was a Mm -hmm. problem and a mistake. So Elemental looked interesting. It looks... Kind of cute it is. uh, Have you seen the trailers yet? Because it is a movie. Okay, it is a movie that feels like, especially on the big screen, it feels like it wants to be an animation as opposed to one of the one of the criticisms of Pixar has always been, oh, we're trying to push the technology first as opposed to the artistry, which I don't think is necessarily fair. But I think it is. But it, I mean, like, I'm saying, I don't think it's necessarily true. But I do understand why people say that. Right, this is not trying to do. Elemental does not feel like it's trying. To do, look, this is real fire. The way this is a real toy that's really alive, it's not doing that, it's trying to be interesting in a way that I don't think they've really tried to be this interesting, maybe since Up. So, I don't know if it's going to be that, but I do think it's going to be interesting and I want to see it.
1: Well, speaking of Up, the Pixar short about Carl, the main character from Up's first date, is going to premiere in front of Elemental 2 instead of on Disney Mm -hmm. Plus, it was originally scheduled to. So I don't think anyone's going to buy a ticket to see a miniature sequel to Up, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying be prepared to cry like from the start. But I think that like people are underestimating this movie. I think it does have like the potential to break out because you know it's coming out so close to the Flash and Pixar has you know like like it has been misread as a brand, so yeah, I understand why people are skeptical. But I do think that like like people underestimated Zootopia, right? Like I was like the one person in the world who was like, I need to see this movie on opening day yeah. that I knew, and when Josh and I went and bought tickets. The theater was full. We had to like buy tickets for a later showing to get good seats. The
5: kids sitting, like the six-year-old sitting next to us, knew all the song lyrics. It was fantastic. It was
1: opening day, and they knew all the song lyrics. And that, you know, that <laughs> ended up making like a billion dollars worldwide. It was a hit. So, like, I think Elemental Look. has a similar vibe and, like, a you know, imagine like elements live together and like build a society around how a fire person or a person made of water would move through the world. And so, like, I think it's going to tell a totally different story. The themes will be very different, but I think as, a, as like, a comparison, I think that this movie might have something interesting, because, you know, like, what's really great about a lot of Pixar movies is that they have this great world building that, like, can attract an audience, so I wouldn't discount it. Also, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sort of talking to, like, some heroes on the mm-hmm. internet who, like, talk on box office channels, and they're just, like, superheroes. They're the only things that make money. And, yeah, they make money, but, like, there are other mm-hmm. movies, like Mission Impossible, oh, yeah. Dead Redemption, and mm-hmm. other stuff, which, you know, we haven't gotten to. That's July, so I'll okay.
0: July. Well, okay. So the end of June is No Hard Feelings in Asteroid City. I really want to see No Hard Feelings. It's not going to make a bajillion dollars, but that's okay. No Hard Feelings is is Jennifer Lawrence is a cab driver, Uber driver who takes a gig from some rich people who are like, "Hey, can you fuck our son?" And because because he's kind of an idiot, and we just want to make a man out of him. And she's like, "I could use the money." And then it's a raunchy comedy based on that, and it looks adorable, and it's by the making of Good Boys, which is a movie that I adored, and I mean this is not little kids again, but like I like them, so
1: I want to see this movie.
0: <laughs> Audience of just, me. I think I think Jennifer Lawrence is really funny as well. Comedic timing wise, she's very good. Yeah, she's awesome. fun. I, I really um, love that movie.
1: We liked Good Boys. It was a surprise to I just I don't know about this movie's premise. I guess I could say that. I don't know about this movie's premise. I feel like there has uh, to be a twist to it somehow
0: because it is probably it feels uncomfortable. A lot, yeah, which, well, but to a lot how much of the parents least, and uh, how much are the parents going to be involved, right? Is it a movie? Is it a movie about parents really seeing fuck our son, or is it a movie about a thirty-year-old woman dating a twenty-year-old man? Because the latter is probably less uncomfortable. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like, like then it's like then I see how those are different and I don't know which it's going to be. Okay. So after that, then we get into July and July has insidious, the red door, you know, the insidious movies. This is July 7th and it is opening up up against joy ride, which do want to talk about in in a little bit. And the next week is July 12th. We got mission impossible, dead reckoning, July 21st. We've got Barbie and Oppenheimer, July 28th. We've got haunted mansion, and talk to me and then that's July July is a pretty open month so I gotta believe some movies are gonna move and take like take the 19th trying to get out of the way
4: Uh, or the 14th
1: our studios keep their dates and they assume that there will be just a continuous audience. Mm, maybe. So soon, soon.
0: Well, so I don't think, and this is unfair because none of us are super horror fans. But is anybody looking forward to Insidious: The Red Door? I don't know no. that
3: theory.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: I mean, I think, as much um, as I'm not, anybody to cry seen at the, the movies, to- I'm really not trying to cry out of fear at the movies, so we'll be skipping yeah, that. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Have you seen the trailer to Joyride?
1: Yes, and I think it's the movie that one of us should have picked, and we just didn't.
0: Right. Joyride is a new movie starring uh, there's people in it, but the person that you might recognize is Stephanie Sue who played the daughter in everything everywhere all at once. looks amazing. I am, <laughs> I am so looking forward to this film and you know, no one has it in the box office game because we didn't know what it was, but it, it is the story of two Chinese girls, one of whom is adopted by white parents and the other is with her birth parents. And then I guess they're going to go. It's not clear to me if it's a worldwide vacation or just China or what. But they're going to Asia for fun and also to find the birth parents of the one who's adopted. And along the way, they just run into the kinds of hijinks that one expects out of a road trip movie where they lose their passports, they, they get mixed up in a drug run, they have to do capers, and it just look ridiculous. I'm a big fan of the movie Euro Trip, if you've ever seen Euro Trip, and no. I want to see this movie, because it's that. <laughs> and you I'm, want to say, I, I you I'm, said that's... Euro
1: Trip, and Josh perked <laughs> up and was like, yes, Euro Trip, yes.
0: That gym, Yeah, it, it, yeah that's, what I, that's what I want to see. So, like, this movie looks amazing to me.
1: Yeah, I'm, I think if I have to budget with what I'm picking, I think Joyride is, like, the R-rated comedy of the summer that I would See.
0: okay uh, we should also point out that you know we've talked about oppenheimer already we've talked about barbie we're both excited mission impossible dead reckoning is going to do great i mean it, it is it's those movies always do great it's not, not going to do top to Gun them. numbers yeah it's not going to do top gun numbers but it's going to do fine like people want to see tom cruise try to kill himself that's what these films are there's the plot doesn't matter nothing matters it's going to make a few hundred million dollars it's going to be it's going to be fine there's nothing to say about that
1: <laughs> I am curious about how Han Manson is, because I just picked it based on the IP mm-hmm. game, but if you watch the trailers, it looks... Like it could be good. And mm-hmm. it also looks like it could be like a horror film for people who really like, who don't like, I'm not, I'm gonna call them real horror films. You know what? I, like, like, you know, <laughs> scary ones that are kind of mean spirited, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not a fam, I'm gonna call it not a fam, like, you know, not family horror films, you know? Like, like you don't wanna sit down and watch Rosemary's Baby with like your parents <laughs> oh, and like your children. Yeah. But like, you know, there are things like The Mummy or Pirates of the Caribbean that have like horror elements and can pand- be kind of scary for a certain audience but like they're fun and this movie looks like it could be like that it sure yeah. it so, could be. So, so maybe i mean i'm not saying i'm not saying it's gonna make money yeah, but i'm saying like i feel like there there aren't a lot of like family friendly horror movies if we're gonna call it that at least i can think of off the top of my head and then i can think of super recently I, you know it. I mean, you know, like, Stranger Things isn't coming out this summer, but if you're a Stranger Things fan, maybe you might want to see this because it has, like, a sort of similar horror vibe in that, like, it's kind of horror. This is why I'm not a film.
0: (laughs) All right, so that gets us through July, and then we're right into August. We got The Meg 2, The Trench, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, Gran Turismo, Last Voyage of the Demeter, Back on the Strip, Blue Beetle, and White Bird. And that gets us through the end of August.
2: Is Gran Turismo just that movie
0: with five, what's his name? Yeah, it's it's, the premise of the Gran Turismo movie. Is a thing that I've joked about with Steph for years. What if you play enough Gran Turismo that you could be a real auto racer? And I'm like, and every time, like, w- whenever Steph doesn't like my driving, I always go, I'll be fine. I play Turismo, and she and she hates that. And but that's the premise of this movie. I play Turismo. I can race Laguna Seca, one of the deadliest <laughs> auto races in the world. Sure. So it's. And I'm, I want to see this film.
2: Not, but in August, and so therefore worse. It's, uh, I don't know. No, that's
0: totally I mean, I, I, I think it's i What's mean the point it's yeah i think it's like it's that's. i'm interested but i do wonder that right like i i don't know who the audience is beyond
5: i'm hoping it's, I'm hoping it's a spiritual sequel to clint eastwood's grand Teresa.
2: Yeah, i was like who's the republican yeah. who like who's racist and right. so yeah uh-huh that's yeah i don't thanks Josh i don't thanks know who, the man yeah. on the I,
0: I don't know who this movie is for <laughs> I don't know who this movie is for, other than me, because of the stupid joke that I make, right? But, like, someone gave them money to produce this film. So that's interesting. <sighs>
5: about the mag 2, the trench it's up against nothing
0: it's up against nothing and that's what and that's its redeeming value it is the only thing opening well no it's not it's opening on august 4th against teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem which frankly looks like crap it is an animated version of them where they've redesigned the turtles again i do not like the new designs the animation quality i mean and i've not seen much of it from what i've seen don't care for the animation quality it looks like what you would do if you were trying to relaunch it as a new Saturday morning cartoon franchise, which would be fine except for two things. First off, they're not doing that. They're trying to put this in theaters and second, we don't really have Saturday morning cartoons anymore. That's not how the market works anymore. So I don't know who this is for. I mean, I know it's I know what they want it to be for, but it just this does not look like a film that's going to that's going to work well. So I think the Meg 2 is just going to open up to it's going to win the box office that week because I don't think it has any competition
5: I I was a fan of the Meg one it was a dumb fun movie yeah I agree that I'm not sure who the Ninja Turtles is for I feel like they're borrowing a little bit from the the Spider-Man animated style that uh, was probably an influence, but I'm not super excited about it. Did
1: you watch The Turtles
5: kid? I did. Yeah, one of the one of the shows, I can't remember, there may have been a couple of series. Mm-hmm. That was a fun weekend show. I don't know how I feel about another movie, but, you know, I mean, giant shark
2: coming around. To be doing honest, like, thing. I would be mm-hmm. really into, I, and we have, we've talked quite a bit about nostalgia culture in the past few episodes, especially like our most recent episode, and when we talk about redoing things that we have fond memories of from their childhood, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is one of those for me. Like, I loved the 80s movies... I love the Saturday morning cartoon. My brother and I had a bunch of action figure toys that we would play with. I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are so fun. What I want is the Mm R-rated comedy version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, still made with puppets, Team America style. Like, I think that they have just missed the mark on who would actually sign up for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mm -hmm. movie. And I don't think that they figured out their audience. I think that their audience exists. And I think that it could be a successful movie. I just don't think that this is the one that's going to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking here. This feels like a, hey, to sell IP, I don't think it's going to work. Because I I don't think the kids that they're aiming for care about this property. I think what you're saying is a smarter play. I think that it's a smarter play to be like, hey, the turtles are raunchy now. Which they actually were before. You just didn't know that, right? So there was a series, a comic book series that came out last year called the last Ronin. It's a Ninja Turtle story that takes place in the future after three of the turtles are dead and there's just one wandering the world as a lone samurai, you know, righting wrongs as best he can and you don't know which one it is. Throughout the course of the series, you find out it's Michelangelo, but you don't know which one it is at the beginning. He's got all four weapons or he's got what's left of them. Like, he's got Leonardo's swords, but one of them's broken and he's got this, he's got like a and a nunchuck and it's, and it is critically acclaimed and it is very adult and it is very dark and i think that's the audience because everyone who grew up with those cartoons is 30 or 40 now and like and i think that's i think that's the play more so than hey we're gonna get seven-year-olds again the seven-year-olds have moved on
3: I
1: don't um, know but i want to talk about the last voyage of the demeter yeah. because that is another dracula story yes Rinfield came out in April and did not No one saw well. it. <laughs> Apparently there wasn't much Dracula from like what people mm-hmm. who saw it said on the internet when I read Twitter. But you know, who knows what Twitter's saying. According to Twitter, Guardians of the Galaxy is both the best and worst movie of Marvel's ever done. Mm-hmm. What you gonna do? I feel like that movie, like it, it could be interesting because it's just like a section of Dracula, like whenever he's like on the boat, like headed toward England. Mm-hmm. So it could be interesting. I don't know if it'll be interesting, but you saw the trailer, man, on the street what do you think
5: i saw the trailer atmosphere looked fun i love a good sea voyage I thought we saw too much of the monster
1: there you have it and i wonder if like con mansion like and how well that does might affect how well this movie does because it's sort of like the net for a movie to come out after fun well the, i think i, I, mean, I think it's it different,
4: well.
3: I get, I think it's different audiences yeah, yeah. Like, i
0: think it's like
4: going
1: for yeah. kids
0: and this is yeah. going for you I think this is going okay. for and I've not seen the trailer yet I've just been reading stuff so I'm curious I mean, so my vibe that I get from everything that I've read about this movie is it is literally produced for the two of you as a couple and it, it feels like the kind of movie where they're like yeah if we can make a good 20 million dollars and be out we'll be happy like, oh, <laughs> like that. like yeah that's where I'm yeah because like, like, this
1: is yeah I think one thing like that I left behind in my analysis of on mansion said family free I also meant like rated PG thirteen. So like, you know, you can feel not bad about taking your twelve year old kid. Mm-hmm. But like Last Voyage is Radar. I looked it up just now because I like the trailer made me think, Well, is it like like it I don't think it looks that scary, but also like I have a very strange opinion about what's here. Like mm-hmm. I think the I think I, I think a Haunting in Venice, the new Hercule Poirot movie, looks scarier than any of these films. It's, but that we're not talking about that. That's like September. So I don't know. I, I think I don't think that the bar to success for this movie is high, like you said, Matt. Yeah. Depending on what the yeah. budget is, because like you know, like a movie that came out right around Renfield was the Pope's Exorcist with Russell Crowe, and now just yeah. picked that, and it didn't make a whole lot of money, but it made enough because like the budget was like low. Um, the yeah, the budget was a Renfield, couple million. Yeah, yeah. The reason why Renfield bombed, despite making more money, I believe, is that its budget was much much higher. So what you're gonna do. But I, I think like, you know, it the last voyage is like it's spaced out enough from like insidious. That you know, we'll see. I guess mm-hmm. I, I not I wouldn't say the Meg 2 is really a horror movie. Like the Meg one was like more of a monster. Not in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So so but I mean the other big question mark for me is Blue Beetle because like, That's the last one, yeah. like I, I saw the trailer and I was like, okay, this just looks like a by the numbers of oratory, but like that could be good. And then people like mm-hmm. started posting shot by shot comparisons of like movies like Shazam with Blue Beetle and it's like that it's literally like the same shot, different costume, and I'm like Well, I guess I really have seen all of this before that they're showing me, but it could be surprising. It could be good. So I'm curious
0: about this film. And so now that I've finished my dissertation, I don't feel the need to go see every superhero movie in the theaters the way like I literally was watching every superhero property or like on, on television, in theaters, every single thing that came out, I committed to watching before I defended my dissertation. And it just became tiring and exhausting. And Blue Beetle looks fun to me. I want to, you know, Blue Beetle looks fun to me in the same way that I was excited to see the first Shazam movie. Cause I was like, this looks fun. I want to see fun. I like the character of Jaime Reyes. My problem with the Blue Beetle movie as a, not as a fan, as a superhero fan. Sure. I want to see it as a movie fan. Sure. I want to see it as the guy doing box office predictions for our show. Racism, racism is going to happen. And I don't believe that David Zaslav is going to give this movie budget to make it to make it as successful as I would like it to be in a world where this universe is being rebooted or maybe it's in the new universe it's not clear but it's officially supposed to be in the old BCEU and it's coming out after Flash so who knows where they're retooling it from but it's also a movie about a Hispanic kid and I don't feel like they're going to give this movie what it needs to be successful in the climate For something releasing at the end of the summer. So I think it's going to get drowned out. And I I think that will be unfortunate.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you look at the pattern. Of how he treats mm-hmm. movies and IPs, and by he I mean Desloff. And I also do wonder. I feel like you've already said this, but the end, because I do wonder if they're going to put all their eggs in one basket. For like, yeah. I've seen, right. I saw the Blue Beetle trailer online, and I've seen some interviews, and like what the director has said about Blue deal makes it sound really interesting. It's a trailer that made me think it was a little bit by the numbers, but like mm-hmm. in theaters when I've gone, I've only seen, and you know, it's a you know a mix. It, it could be totally different for someone else. I've only seen. The Flash, like, and it's the two
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. Flash comes out in June, Blue Beetle's in, in August, so it's two months later. I get that. So the Flash also uh, got
1: a Super Bowl promo, and like, it's mm-hmm. gotten so much hype and press. I, I think know. he's
0: bank- I think he's banking on every. I think, that- I think that Flash is going to get all the money in the world in order to the marketing campaign has only begun and I think it's going to be massive I think it's going to be all over the place and that's why that's why I think it's going to do well and I don't think they're going to trust Blue Beetle if Blue Beetle does well it's in spite of you know marketing it's going to be like it would need a girl's trip situation one of my favorite movies of the year that
3: it came out so
1: the only person I from the studio who I've seen hype up Blue Beetle who's not in it specifically involved (laughs) is James Gunn on Twitter Mm -hmm. which is a help but
0: like he's not a production company by himself Um, so before we resolve nothing, you guys want to hear what me picks are?
1: Yeah, and then we can boo you. Or <laughs> yeah. Depending on what we think.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, so you can boo me if you want, but these are not necessarily my picks for uh, what I'm most interested in, because I've talked about that a bunch, but it's what I believe is going to happen. And just because I want to be able to compare this against other movie critics, people who are more famous than me, but like I always love when people make their box office picks. So this is me thinking about it and where I think they're going to be so you can compare whether I got all 10 of them right and whether they're in the right spots. I think the biggest summer movie you know, being May 15th through August 25th, I think the biggest release by the end of this year will be The Flash. That's what I think is going to happen. I don't necessarily want that to be true, but I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's going to be the box office hit of the summer. I'm going to follow that, believe it or not, by Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This is assuming just the U.S. domestic box office, not assuming worldwide, because if I go worldwide, it's going to change something that you're going to hear about in a second. My third place, I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is going to edge out Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is what I think is going to hit three. So I'm going superheroes for the top three movies and then I'm cutting away and I think number four is going to be Fast X because I'm only counting U.S. domestic box office. If we're going to go worldwide, I think Fast X is actually going to do better or worldwide but if we're doing US domestic I'm putting Fast Exit 4 number 5 is where I slot in Indiana Jones part 5 number 6 I have The Little Mermaid number 7 I have Mission Impossible number 8 I have Barbie number 9 I think Transformers Rise of the Beasts. and here's my wild card we're not sure but I think Elemental is going to slide into number 10 and that's tough because the things I mean you've heard me talk about the stuff that I really like I don't think Oppenheimer is going to make it and I I want it to, but I think it's a critical mistake that I think is going to hurt it. So I think Oppenheimer is going to be just outside of the top 10. And I think Elemental is going to be able to sneak in there because Oppenheimer is opening up against Barbie. Elemental is opening up against Flash. And I think Elemental can leg out with families in a way that Oppenheimer cannot leg out with film nerds. Like I want to see Oppenheimer a lot, but I don't think there's enough of us in order to make it get the kind of money that it's going to need in this crowded summer to be in the top 10. So that's my guess. Now you can make fun of me.
1: <laughs> I think you're
2: overvaluing superheroes. Yeah, possibly. eight. I mean, possibly. number eight? I don't think I, that's my, yeah. that is the one that I think that I take I the probably, most issue with. Oh, higher. You it's going to be higher or sure. lower?
0: I think it's- Okay. I think I, I think Barbie's gonna open huge, but I don't think I think I, my problem with Barbie is I think Barbie's gonna open bigger than Guardians did this week. Guardians is gonna probably hit about one ten. I think I think Barbie can open up to like one fifty, maybe even two hundred. But I think Barbie is in the middle of the summer, and I think that everyone who's going to see Barbie will see it in the first three weeks, and then you'll have a massive fall off. I don't think that it's going to like I will see it, you know, and I think it's gonna do really well. I do not think Barbie will be a failure by any way, shape or form. I just don't think Barbie is going to have people watching it eight weeks in the way I think elemental is going to. Now that won't be enough for elemental to pass Barbie, but I think, I don't think Barbie has the same power of little mermaid of mission impossible, which again, I'm not interested in it at all, but I know how those movies do. So, and I think, I think Barbie could pass mission impossible, but I don't think it can pass little mermaid. I don't think it can pass Indiana Jones. I don't think it can pass the fast movie. And I don't think it can pass any of the superhero movies, the three big superhero movies. It's so, It's hard. Cause I actually want Barbie to do better, but I won't be mad, <laughs> but I, but, uh, but those were the ones that I was iffiest on were little mermaid mission impossible and Barbie, which are my five, six. And six.
1: I just, I think that maybe, I mean, maybe you could be right about the flash. I, and I think that maybe guardians, has a bit of a boost instead yeah. of being super front loaded because it's generally received the, uh, it's a really good movie instead of the worst ever movie criticism. But right. I just, I think that there are some movies like Little Mermaid and Indiana where I think that like, depending on word of mouth, it's, I mean, like, you know, I think that reviews and audience reception do have a part to play in this. And Barbie too, de- depending. Like, I think that they could beat out those superheroes. Oh, sure, like, I, mean, they could. I, I mean, I just think, I think Top that, run. yeah. Top,
0: yeah I, it could, it could totally happen, yeah.
1: I just think that I don't think the flat, I, maybe it's like because, you know, I've canceled my HBO subscription in a fit of heat mm-hmm. and like, I'm just extremely irritated by how someone who's paid like, you know, so much more money than I'll ever see in my entire life in one year is running a company. I just don't, I don't have... I don't have the faith in the flash. I, and I mean, I love Spider-Man, but like I do, there's a world where Spider-Man makes more money than say The little mermaid, but I I think that there's a chance it doesn't. And I think that I think Indiana Jones, especially is a little low on your list. And I'm, I know that like, and I, it's not. And I'm really? not saying this is. Yeah, I think it's a little. It will be higher because, like, I think this movie is going to be better than Crystal Skull. Mm. It really will be the last one. Harrison Ford I, is immortal. The He'll live forever.
3: No, yeah, you're
1: I mean, right. I mean, I wish, <laughs> but I, you know, I, but like, I, despite Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and actually, like, it's not the worst Indiana Jones film that belongs to Temple of Doom. But that's not this podcast. Oh like,
3: no! It, oh, oh
0: Perish! We, we we cannot do that this late in the show. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> but like, you know, it made like, like despite like Hand of the Crystal Skull not ma- like, being everyone's favorite to say the least, it made over 300 million at the domestic box office and with this one being the final, and mm-hmm. it, I think it probably being very good. Like, I am confident this movie will be good. I might need my words in a couple months, but I, I think that this movie like has the potential to make more than like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Maybe it-
0: of, the, of my lower picks, Indiana Jones is the the one that I would be least surprised to see sneak into the top three. It is of my picks four through ten. It is the one where I'm like, oh, it could catch fire, but I also feel like it could also have people like Monica who say that's a movie for my dad. <laughs> and I, I like, that's why I put it right in the middle. I tossed it. That, that was my thinking. I think, uh, I don't think I'm necessarily going to pull this 10 for 10, but I, but I wanted to think about it, and you know, give it to people. So I do want to know, you know, write us in the comments, tell us your list, tell us, you know, where I'm crazy. Tell us uh, what you think your top 10 are, you know, posting that com and tell us what you think the, summer box offices so that you can compare and see if you can beat me
1: all right all right man on the street do you have any ideas about what will be the number one movie this summer
5: i'm just looking forward to having a good time <laughs> movies with my Aww. Aww. <laughs> and hopefully go see the Meg.
1: <laughs> well all right all right here's a question who's gonna win the box office game based on what we know now
0: I don't know. So, you're, so so, I'm always usually I'm usually pretty confident that I can come back. I don't know that I can. What we know now. Maybe like, this is
2: some blind, stupid confidence, guys, quick. but I think it's mine. I think that Fast 10 was my pick. I think that Oppenheimer was my pick. Yes. And when I look at yes. what other people have chosen, I don't know that there's necessarily, there's some safety in numbers that I have going on my end that other people might not have. Because somebody like Katya, who went for Barbie, which we do think is going to do well, or went for Spider-Verse, which we do think is going to go well, but that's not who picks of box office blockbuster and Mav even though you don't think that Oppenheimer is going to hit top 10 I'd be willing to give it a 10th spot I do think that
0: yeah I think it can bump elemental that's the one where that was the other one I think I think top I don't think it can be first I think it could hit number 10 and if it does I think elemental is going to be number 11 where if I had to do 11 that would have been my 11 so uh
1: by the way currently Monica Mav Katya and I have 11 movies left and Wayne has eight.
0: Right. Wayne is traditionally very bad at this game. <laughs> <He knows. laughs> <laughs> I don't you know. Got cocaine
1: bear. You got cocaine bear. So Wayne's got a lot
0: of, here's what Wayne's got coming up. Wayne has the Marvels and Wayne has, has a Ghostbuster sequel. And both of those could make a lot of money. They're going to be towards the end of the year. Monica, you've got fast X and you've got Oppenheimer are probably stuff. Got asteroid city. That could, so.
2: and which I know is oh. not part of our, of our summer. Summer. So I but, think yeah. a late but Dune could yeah. make a
0: lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Now the problem is Dune could, Dune could make a lot of money Dune is I'll tell you why I didn't pick Dune when picking Dune is one of those things where we don't know how popular it really was. We know it had the buzz when Dune 1 came out, but no one's sure because they did the day and date of and they did the with, with it was released on HBO Max. The HBO people are like, oh, yeah, it was super, super popular. It was super, super popular. But they also said that about the Snyder Cut until they suddenly turned on it. So we don't know the actual numbers. And that's why I was really hesitant on Dune. Because Dune could be, it could easily be a billion dollar domestic picture or it could be a hundred million. We don't know. We have no way of knowing. And that's, I, and that I, was my fear on Dune. I do picks,
2: well. I do have Asteroid City and I did pick No Hard Feelings. I did pick our hard R comedy pick of the summer. Yeah. So that also feels like, yeah. even though it might not make our top 10, yeah. it's going to be at least a solid box office return.
0: Yeah. I think this is going to be a box office game where this is not like, previous seasons where i'm like i'm just a star wars away and i know i can get it right like or, or like when well, uh, like there was the year where wayne was just blowing everybody away all year because he had in game but then he had nothing else so we knew that like i knew i could catch him there was a year where katya was like oh wow katya is just gonna win because there was a pandemic and there's nothing anybody can do like, like i don't think it's that situation i think we all have legitimate shots and you know hannah like i you've got spider-man and indiana jones either of them could easily just suddenly make a billion dollars domestic i mean they probably won't but they're but it is not inconceivable on either of them which would just like basically give you the game right either of them could be top gun money
1: i don't think i will win but i do know this i'm gonna mm-hmm. have a good time going to see the movies i picked in theaters Ah, something <laughs> do you like, think i'll win josh
5: i think he will do very well <laughs> i made the same decision to make every year the only winning movie not to
3: play.
1: But you're not <laughs> oh. invited to play
5: you can play next year if you want i just sit on the sidelines <laughs> eat my popcorn and this is my the movie they were going yeah. so well
0: monica they were just like they were being adorable all episode and then <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we've resolved in the show before their relationship hit the sudden turn <laughs> I don't want to be responsible.
3: Josh, hey, I think we're for fine. <laughs>
5: Man on the street, is there anything you want to plug? Sure. I'd like to just give a shout out to Legal Services Corporation funded firms across the country. Legal Services firms provide a lot of really valuable free legal services to low-income citizens across the country. You know, if you have one in your area, we highly recommend considering a, a donation, particularly everything going on politically in the country. People, uh, you know, in pandemic, kind of housing market uncertainty, you know, a lot of people do need legal services. And sometimes the only place they can turn to is uh, Legal services organization. Look for yours today. Colin Hannah.
1: Donate to the Carolina Portion Fund if you can. Also, if you're in North Carolina, contact your representatives who promised that they would protect reproductive rights and they should be held accountable to do that with this upcoming vote. So, or, you know, depending on your area and there's a lot of other struggles going on. Find a way to get involved in protecting reproductive rights community and supporting those who do if you can.
2: Yeah. Those are some worthy causes. So, (laughs) you know, I'll let Hannah and and Josh speak for me this week. And
0: as always, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook, all the places, always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show, all those same places at Fox Podcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.foxpodcast.com, where we post about whatever we're going to be talking about next week. We've got some interesting stuff coming up. So check it out and, you know, leave us comments on thoughts of where we should go, what we should ask our guests. And we've got a show coming up AI criticism. We're probably going to talk a little bit about the WGA strike. we got a lot of stuff that's interesting coming up. If you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And do us a favor, leave us a five-star review. That really helps us out, especially if you leave us a five-star review, not just the ratings on iTunes, Apple
1: Podcasts. That gooses
0: the algorithm, makes us more popular, and makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. I would like to thank Maximilian of Botform Music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd once again like to thank our man on the street, Josh, for joining us. I'd like to thank you for you listening. Too. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.